You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. See, after you are a new believer, the next step is becoming a disciple, a student and follower of Jesus' attitudes and actions. See, we're born into Jesus' family, but we are made into disciples. I need to make sure and stress that. Our faith, at that moment, we are born and adopted into God's family, but we are made into disciples. What happens after you become a believer? You've recognized your sin, asked for forgiveness, and then accepted Jesus into your life. But now what? In today's message, Pastor Dion talks about how after we're believers, we become disciples. Believers are those who have accepted Jesus, and disciples are those who are students of Jesus and evangelize, who go out and share God's goodness. After we believe, we're called to become disciples of God. We're born again into a believer, but we're made disciples. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 14 as he continues his message, Impact. They then turned their little hut into a palatial palace and gave them oversight of the village. That was the legend. Well, later when the Romans came into power, they erected a huge and elaborate temple to Zeus in this mountain area. Paul and Barnabas arrive in Lystra, all right, this community where this has happened, as the legend goes on. They arrived there, and since there was no Jews or Jewish synagogue there, Paul kick-started a sermon, because he's there to preach the gospel. So he kick-started a sermon. That's where we are, chapter 14, verse 7. Here's what it says. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, read it with me, stand up straight on your feet. And everybody, and he leaped and walked. Isn't that awesome, guys? So there in the middle of Lystra, Paul starts sharing about Jesus Christ. That Jesus, it was the Son of God. That He fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. Jesus worked countless miracles. He was falsely accused and brutally murdered. But the Lord loved. He loved to the very death. And then after three days, after He died, He resurrected from the dead. Paul's preaching this. Paul says he's a living God, and through him we can have unlimited and eternal salvation. Isn't that cool, guys? So he preaches that message to them. As Paul preached, faith began to swell in a lot of people there, in a few people, and especially in a paralyzed man that was in that audience. Because, guys, here's the truth. Everybody said out loud, faith 
comes by hearing God's Word. Said out loud, faith comes by hearing God's Word. Well, Paul told the paralyzed man as he recognized that, that there was faith in this man, that he was swelling up with faith. Paul told the paralyzed man to stand. He leaped up and was miraculously healed. God confirmed his word with signs following. So the guy, I mean, he miraculously healed. The miracle caused a few of the town folk to believe and receive Jesus. I mean, think about it. As Paul's preaching about Jesus, and then he tells this man, stand up on your feet, and the man leaps and walks. I mean, man, people say, if this is, Jesus is truly God, he is preaching a true gospel. So there were people there who did believe at that point, and we'll meet them later. But guys, but the majority of people thought the miracle was something else. So some believe this is an act of God. God, you know, this is obviously a true message. And they believed in Jesus. But there were others who said, this is something else. Look at your neighbor and say, this is something else. The people and mountain men in Lystra start shouting in their Lyconian language. All right? So up to now, Paul's been speaking probably Greek. And as he's speaking to them, as they, though they, they speak the language, but then all of a sudden after this healing, I mean, the people start speaking in a Lyconian language. Paul and Barnabas don't know the language. But what those people were saying in Lystra was, they're back! Everybody said out loud, what? They're back! Who's back? Zeus and Hermes are back! That's what they thought. Abra, Kadavra, pata de cabra, right? That's what they're saying! Paul and Barnabas have no idea what those people are saying. I mean, but they're acting like they just want a car and the price is right. Paul and Barnabas thinks it's another Gentile revival. They're getting the message. In fact, let's read it. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, Paul didn't do it, God did it, right? They raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. So here's... Paul, he preaches this message. He sees guy who has faith to be healed. He tells him to jump up, and he does. He's completely healed the people. Some believe in Christ, and others are saying, in the Iconian language, they're back! So the town went into a full-blown celebration. A fiesta was prepared, and a parade was coordinated. The people of Lystra marched Paul and Barnabas up the road. They showered them with smiles and confetti and flowers and goodies and applause and high fives and fist bumps. It's like a red carpet walk. It's wonderful. But when Paul saw where they were being led, he slammed on the brakes. Everybody say, Ert! See, Paul doesn't know what they're saying. 
And, that, and all he knows is, you know, they're, they're responding to this message. They're throwing all kinds of goodies and confetti and roses and, you know, you know just pra- sounds like they're praising. And, and, you know, the gospel has come. It's a mighty revival. And they're marching them up the road and, you know, high fives. And all of a sudden, Paul realizes where they're being taken because they see this enormous, elaborate temple of Zeus with Zeus as an idol outside, you know, a statue figurine and he realizes where they're taking him uh oh everybody said uh oh Paul saw the temple of Zeus and the priest smiling from ear to ear standing with a bull decorated for sacrifice and so Paul asked those that were around him what's going on what are we doing here what are we doing now well the people said we're going to present a sacrifice to you and, you know, Zeus and, and to Hermes, you know, Barnabas. Or excuse me, vice versa. And we're going to treat you like kings. See, our forefathers messed up before when you guys came. But we are not going to repeat that mistake. We are going to honor you. And that's when Paul and Barnabas spoke their language. Here's what they did. They tore their clothes. Said out loud, they what? They tore their clothes. Let's read the verse. Verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out, saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who is bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness, in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Paul realizes where this is going. He and Barnabas tear their clothes. You know, even if you only know one language, there are some things that communicate without words. They are universal communiques. Like a nod. Everybody do it. Go ahead and do it to your neighbor. That communicates something. They're talking and you go, no words, but it communicates something. A smile communicates something. People talking to you and you smile. Or vice versa, a henyo. Now some of you already have that naturally built in, but nevertheless, it communicates. Look at your neighbor. It says it communicates something. No words. Flipping someone the bird communicates something. No word spoken, but it communicates. A finger across the throat communicates something. Some people do that to me here in church. Or they, it communicates something, right? Without words. (laughs) Back in Paul's day, tearing your clothes communicated something. See, tearing clothes was a sign of disapproval, was a sign of disgust, was a sign of horror. It kind of says, I need to get my stomach pumped. 
You know what I'm saying? So when Paul and Barnabas ripped their shirts, it caught everyone's attention. Paul told them, as now he had their attention, Paul told them that he and Barnabas were only men. And the belief they had in mythological gods was a waste of time. Their fiction, their myth, their legend, their idols with ears that can't hear and eyes that can't see and arms that can't save. They're hollow and empty. Paul declared, there is only one true and living God. He created everything, sustains everything, and He is able to save whoever calls on Him. And He wants to save you. That's what he told them. Well, the people were conflicted with Paul's message now. They thought it was, you know, Zeus and Hermes. So the people are conflicted. Their tradition and religion was being challenged by the good news about Jesus and a miracle. A sign that followed. The verse said that they scarcely restrained In other words, they weren't completely convinced with what Paul was telling them. But they reeled back their worship. They went ahead and stopped the procession. They reeled it back. Not completely convinced, but they reeled it back. So Paul and Barnabas, like they did over in Iconium, started rooting and grounding the new believers that had come to faith in Jesus Christ there in Lystra. It doesn't tell us how many days or how long that period of time was, but you know, after they stopped the procession and explained we're just men, the, the God of heaven is the one who did this thing, and He wants to save you guys. And after that stopped everything, Paul and Barnabas immediately went to the new believers and they started rooting and grounding them in the truth of God's Word because that's what everybody needs, right? They were doing that. And they did that for however long they had because it doesn't tell us. They did it until some troublemakers showed up. Everybody say, oh. Let's read the verse. Verse 19. Then Jews from Antioch, where Paul and Barnabas were kicked out, and Iconium, where they threatened to stone them and almost did, they came there to Lystra. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Everybody say, wow. So, Paul and Barnabas are rooting and grounding the new believers in Lystra. And all of a sudden, the troublemakers from the places they had just been showed up. The angry, revengeful Jews that had threatened to stone Paul and Barnabas back in Iconium, showed up with a posse in Lystra. They convinced the mountain people that Paul and Barnabas are dangerous, evil cult leaders like Jim Jones and Charles Manson and Marshall Applewhite. They're bewitching our family and our friends. 
The antagonist started a lynch mob. I mean, you know, it was like the movie Deliverance, if you've ever seen it. They started grabbing their scatter guns and calling their coon dog. We're going for a hunt. But it wasn't a coon they were after. They find Paul. They capture him. They drag him out of the city. And they stone him to death. Paul suffered what Stephen suffered. You know, the first martyr that was stoned under Paul's authority. Paul suffered what Stephen suffered. And Paul also saw what Stephen saw. Here's what he saw. Everybody say it out loud. You remember that story about Stephen? The Bible says during the stoning of Stephen that Stephen cried out and said that he saw the heavens opened and that Jesus was sitting at the right hand of God or standing at the right hand of God because Jesus was giving him a standing ovation, right? I see the heavens open and I see the Son of Man, the Son of God Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Well, Paul saw it too. How do we know that? Well, Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3. Here's what Paul said. I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. So here's what happened. As they stoned Paul to death, he died. He was dead. He flatlined. And he saw heaven. Isn't that cool, guys? He saw and experienced heaven for however long that moment was. He heard and saw things that he says should never be repeated. They are too beautiful. They are too profound. They, they shouldn't be talked about. Makes me wonder about some of these people who say they have died and gone to heaven and then say things about heaven because the Apostle Paul saw it and said, no man should ever talk about it. It's too beautiful to try to describe with words. But he saw it. So listen, guys. For every believer that's listening, here are the facts. One second after you die, you will be with the Lord. No delays, no detours, and no dollars to be paid. Did you hear me correctly? One, for every believer, one second after you die, you will be with the Lord. No delays, no detours, and no dollars to be paid. In fact, repeat this Scripture verse with me. Here's what it says. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Man, what a wonderful future and hope. Paul lay dead outside the city of Lystra. And the new believers, now called disciples, surrounded him. That's what the Scripture said. It called them disciples. They were the new believers that had received Christ in Lystra after they saw the man be healed and they heard Paul's message. They responded in faith and Paul and Barnabas spent some time growing them in the faith. They were now disciples. Everybody say the word what? Disciples. See, after you are a new believer, the next step is becoming a disciple. 
a student and follower of Jesus' attitudes and actions. See, we're born into Jesus' family, but we are made into disciples. I need to make sure and stress that. Our faith, at that moment, we are born and adopted into God's family. But we are made into disciples. We are molded and shaped into disciples by God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's Shepherd or pastors. They're the ones who grow us up into the likeness of Christ or should. That's their responsibility. So during this time in Lystra, that Paul and Barnabas had been making disciples of Jesus, now these disciples were gathered around Paul's dead body. They weren't praying. They weren't having a prayer meeting. They barely had faith to be saved, so they don't have faith for miracles. So they're surrounding Paul's dead body there in the ground, and they're probably mourning. They're, they're probably grieving. Who were they? Well, there, there were those believers that included a single mom named Eunice and her young son named, everybody said out loud, Timothy. Both of them were there in Lystra. They were from Lystra. And both of them witnessed Paul rise up from the dead and keep going. They saw Paul rise up from that stoning from death and watched him right, march right back into Lystra to preach Jesus again. Young Timothy saw a real superhero that day. The Avengers hadn't existed yet. And the mythological legends, well, that's all they were, were legends. But little Timothy saw God's power in action, in the life of a man. Isn't that awesome, guys? Timothy saw Jesus in the Apostle Paul. And I hope all the little Timothys around us see Jesus in us. I will close with this poem. There are little eyes upon you, and they're watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly Take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do anything you do. And a little boy who's dreaming of the day he'll be like you. You're the little fellow's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In his little mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. You are setting an example every day in all you do for the little boy who's waiting to grow up and be just like you. The Apostle Paul had no biological children, but he had many spiritual ones. He taught, he mentored, he discipled, he coached them about Jesus and Scripture, including Timothy. He made an eternal impact. Say that aloud, a what? An eternal impact. We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. 
If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.